so damaging to Los Angeles. First and 20. Tyrell Williams, the motion. Rivers to the middle. Caught by Gates. Antonio Gates lost the football on the way down. And the Ravens have it. Tavon Young is down the sideline. And Young will go the distance for the touchdown. Was Gates down? That's the question. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Mobtown Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle J. Andrews, and you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle J. Andrews underscore. And I'm joined today by my good friends and co-hosts, Anthony Barkley Yo. and Eric Himmelheber. How's it going today? What's going on? Good to be back. You can find me on Twitter at A Barkley, A-Y-E-E-B-A-R-K-L-E-Y. What's up, Easy e Oh, so you're actually going to go with that now instead of actually pronouncing my last name. Huh? Yeah, I gave up. Yeah, so you guys can find me on Twitter at E Himmelheber at E-H-I-M-M-E-L-H-E-B-E-R. We also have a guest today. Yo! We have to let him introduce himself. Well, there goes the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's up, guys? I'm Vasilios Nicolau. I'm at V, the NFL guy on Twitter, uh, because at Vasilios was taken. Don't look at me. Why are you no, eyeballing I'm, I'm just, me? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking around, man. You know? No, but it's just like, it's one of those things. But uh, happy to be here. Looking forward to breaking stuff down with you guys. First guest. Welcome. It's going to be great, man. <laughs> And as always, we are proud to do this podcast for one of the top sports websites in the district, dmvsportsnetwork.com. And they can be followed on Twitter and Instagram at dmv underscore sn. They have some of the great daily content on all things D.C. and Baltimore sports in addition to college sports and a lot more so that after you listen to this podcast, please go ahead and check it out. In addition... Please be sure to subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available, and that includes Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And we got to get this thing kicked off with the Tavon Young signing. He got paid. And I think he deserved it. What the heck was that, Anthony? (laughs) That's going to be a soundbite in the future. I can already tell. Show me the money. I mean, he deserved the money. He definitely deserved it. I think Tavon Young... Is one heck of a player, you know. He's always shown that he can. He he talked about that a little bit in his, you know. Well, they all talked about that a little bit that he can play the outside and the inside. And we'll go to that clip here. Offenses are attacking you in a lot of different ways, a lot of different personnel groups. Yeah, they'll get in big personnel a lot of times, and they'll throw the ball out of that and spread people out, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they try to put a lot of stress on linebackers. So if you've got a, a versatile player that can play in there, can cover receivers, but's also willing to blitz, also willing to go in there and make tackles against the run like this guy is, it's a big plus for you. And Tavon Young, obviously, he's just one of those guys that he's been able to stick with Antonio Brown. He's been able to stick with some of the bigger names and and receivers on the outside and on the inside. And, I mean, I think he deserves to be paid like the top slot corner in the NFL because, to me, he is the top slot corner in the NFL. I mean, do you guys agree with that? I totally agree. And I think I heard a couple comparisons the other day that um, he's roughly equivalent in the slot to when when Ladarius Webb was here in his prime. And so – uh, the Ravens definitely need that, especially with the emergence of guys, of just these slot receivers that are just making their mark. And I mean, with Julian Edelman doing what he did in the playoffs this past year, you need a guy like that to cover the middle of the field. Yeah, slot corners should be coveted nowadays. You know, I know a lot of times uh, people want to draft corners that are around six two, six three to match up with the one and two guys, but nowadays people are thrown over are thrown over the middle to their slot receivers so guys like Tavon Young are hard to come by yeah just to piggyback of what everyone said I think with the emergence of the RPOs coming in you know you're definitely going to need that slot to cover the middle of the field just like everyone's been saying um I mean I I 
appreciate Tavon getting that paycheck. Uh, you know, I think it's definitely deserved. Do you think it takes away from CJ or what does it say about um, Jimmy or I any think other Jimmy defenders? Smith's gone. You think? Yeah, I think we're gonna trade him. We paid Tavon Al- or Tavon Austin. We paid Tavon Young money. <laughs> we're uh, I think we're definitely gonna be looking to get rid of Jimmy Smith one way or another. That's what I was thinking too when I when I saw the contract. I was like, well, because a lot of thing or thing people, either- a thing people overlook is that Brandon Carr had one hell of a season yeah. last year, and ever since he came back, when he's not playing, you know, the number one corner. He's uh he's pretty locked down. Whenever he faces a slot receiver or a number two receiver, he doesn't have the ball thrown his way much. So I think they're probably going to look to go in that direction with Humphrey, Carr, and Young as their one, two, and three guys. And then Averitt with a four. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I know that Carr is making a at least a sizable amount of money this year. And if you get Jimmy Smith off the team, you save some, but – Brandon Carr is also, I think he also has some incentives as well as a bonuses for being on the roster still. I don't know the exact number. I remember seeing it yesterday while scrolling through my feed, but uh, I think both of those guys, you could take a look at either one and which one has the higher upside when, they, when they're on the field. Now, I know there's just certain circumstances like the whole domestic thing last year with, with Jimmy Smith and his family, and... He's been suspended. He's been injured. Mm-hmm. Now, if he, I remember back in, what was it 2013 when he had that amazing season when he locked down Calvin, Calvin Johnson, Johnson. Yeah. Yep. AJ Green? Yep. Now, I'm not saying you're ever going to see that type of performance from Jimmy Smith again, but even for just a few games this coming season, if they decide to keep him, that could mean the difference in make or break for the playoffs for the Baltimore Ravens. And I totally agree with that just because. I think that Jimmy Smith, I mean, personally, I think they'll try to rework his contract. I think the same thing with Brandon Carr, maybe not try to make them take too much of a hit, but, you know, just spread the money out. Right. And when you have somebody like Jimmy Smith, who is very talented when he's fully healthy and he's not suspended. And when he's actually trying. Exactly. I mean, I I still think, too, not only that, I, I feel like, Right now, it's an uncertainty about Eric Weddle. Well, they cut Eric Weddle, and with that being said, and I know a lot of people are kind of, they don't want to go into this idea that Jimmy Smith could transition to free safety, but I think that he has better ball skills than any safety that they have on the team right now. And, I mean, if you put somebody like Jimmy Smith in a backfield, and that in the far defensive backfield, maybe it'll help him out to prolong his career. And, you know, not only that, but I just think it'll take some of the injuries away because as a corner, I mean, you're going up against these big physical receivers. I know in safeties you got to hit well too. Jimmy Smith has always been a good tackler. So you don't think Elliott's ready? I think Elliott I think Elliott's more of a strong safety, personally. Yeah, yeah. he's more of a boxer. So he's going to be Tony Jefferson's replacement down the line? I, I believe so. One of the more intriguing comparisons I've seen with Deshaun Elliott is Cam Chancellor, just because mm-hmm. they're those type of – they look like they can play linebacker and safety. They so, both went to Texas, too. Yeah, so it's it's weird. They both kind of fit that mold, and if, if Elliott can – even get to like half of what Cam Chancellor was in his prime, I'd be satisfied. But Kyle knows what I really want for for free safety, and that's uh, Adrian Amos from the Chicago Bears. Oh my god! And I, I talk about this all the time, and he knows that. But it's just like he's a free agent this year. He went to Calvert Hall, so it just makes too much. Wait, sense. he went to Calvert Hall? Yeah, that's a reason why we shouldn't sign him. <laughs> hey, I went to Calvert Hall. I went to St. Joe. Uh, maybe I public school in the house. <laughs> maybe you should just get Kyle Fuller. Just saying, you know, yeah. bring some more yeah. St. Joe guys around. They got a Gilman guy already with Cyrus Jones. You're right. Might as well bring a a, a St. Joe guy or a Calvert Hall guy. Preferably yeah. St. Joe. Shout out to the, the public school Amos, system, like things, man. Yeah, the thing about Amos, all things aside, is that like he has the most range of of any safety that would be on the free agent market this year. I mean, you can say Landon Collins meets all those expectations too except he's not nearly as fast and he's not nearly as good at ball skills well if you're looking at cover skills clinton Dix is the guy you look towards but see i think he's gonna be way, he's way too much way money. priced out and i feel like if you go for a guy like amos he's gonna be 
Uh, he's going to look at the Ravens and be like, hey, maybe I want to come home. Maybe I'll take a few – maybe I'll take like a million dollars less to come home. Because we still have to sign C.J. Mosley too, and that's a top priority after uh, signing Tavon Young. I don't think they're going to. You think they're going to let go of C.J. Mosley? I think they're going to let him test the waters. Are you saying that Peanut and – Kenny Young, Kenny Young, Young good enough. Not, don't forget about Bam Bradley too, and CJ Board. Those guys can certainly they certainly uh, have some some latent talent, I think. And I know I know my guy uh, um, Adam Bonacorsi, who writes Russell Street Report with me uh, at Adam B Moore. Give him a little shameless plug there, but uh, he he's of the same same mind there. And it's just he's let me put it this way: Bernardrick McKinney in Houston. He's the the linebacker too there just and he was injured all this season but he pulled down a huge contract and he's not even the starter so Mosley's gonna get paid top dollar yeah paid paid (laughs) it's just it's gonna be so far out of the Ravens just price range it's not gonna be funny I don't want them to do the same thing with CJ Mosley where you already seen the best of CJ Mosley but you're just gonna pay him like he's going to get better I don't think that's the case they already did that with Brandon Williams. So do you think it could be like another Flacco situation where they give him this big contract Ugh. and he never lives up to the contract? I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be more so of like the contract they gave Brandon Williams a couple of years ago. I think you're you're paying a lot for a guy, for, speaking of Brandon Williams, who's only going to be on the field for two downs just to stop the run. Mosley's just going to get slower. He's already not that great in coverage. So more the longer the more time goes by, the worse he's going to get. But we don't really have a linebacker that can cover in the first place. Peanut and Kenny Young can't cover tight ends. It's just like Mosley can at this point. I disagree. That's the thing. I disagree with that, too. I, just I think Kenny's going to get Kenny, better in coverage. Yeah, I think Kenny Young I think Kenny Young showed that he could play coverage. Yeah, I, Kenny Young's going to be a baller. Yeah, that Steelers game, that first one, Kenny Young played very well in that, in that first Steelers game. He showed that you know his coverage skills are very advanced, even for somebody as young as he is. And I feel like he's going to keep developing. I don't know why they kept, you know, kind of taking him. Taking him out of yeah, the game him when out he was on a roll, yeah. Right, yeah, that didn't make too much sense to me, especially early on in the season where every team's just chucking the ball downfield. And you could see why they kind of, you know, took him. I, I guess you could kind of see it, why they took him away, because as the season goes on, teams start to run the ball more. You even saw it with the Patriots. The Patriots just kept trying to jam the ball down the gut every time, but early on in the season everybody's just throwing the ball they're spreading teams out and when you when you got a, a linebacker that can cover like that when teams start to spread people out especially with tight ends you need a guy like like Kenny Young and you know even in this situation where you have guys like Travis Kelsey yeah. you know that would have been perfect to have Kenny Young out there a little bit more in that situation cuz you know, chances are you can't cover. I mean, most of the time you're not going to be able to cover Travis Kelsey. Yeah, one of the only least. knocks on, on Kenny Young, though, coming out of UCLA was the fact that he wasn't that adept at stopping the run. He couldn't really shoot gaps and he couldn't really Plus, he's also undersized for an inside linebacker. He is, he is but you know who else was? Ray Lewis. Lewis. So, I mean, I'm just saying, but... Are you saying Kenny Young is Ray Lewis? Yeah. I'm not saying Kenny oh, Young is okay. Ray Lewis, but I'm saying there's there's always that player that was told they were too small to succeed in the league, and I know I say that about Kyler Murray, but Kyler Murray is only like three inches taller than Darren Sproles. Sproles. So I want to... But anyway, uh, Kenny Young and... And Peanut Owasu, I think they're going to be just fine. Peanut's well, especially really if Peanut can play a full season like he did toward the end of the season yeah, this past yeah. like he was incredible down the stretch these final the final few games. What a fine! So yeah. if I mean if we don't sign back C.J. Mosley and him and Kenny Young can produce like they did when they actually played this season, then yeah, then it'd be perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean eighty percent of the production for twenty percent of the price. That's that's one of my favorite sayings. I totally agree with. Just the just the idea of keep or keep drafting guys like Kenny Young, you know, you're saving money, or and even even these inside linebackers they they always seem to find as undrafted. Yeah, like guys. remember Zachary or or was a special exactly. teams guy. Oh yeah, his first season inside linebacker gets over a hundred tackles. Mm-hmm. So. Let's hope uh, Eric DaCosta can works man. Have those yeah, yeah, have those eyes. Well, I think board is. A guy that showed me a lot early on during training camp. I mean, works hard. Yeah, he's a hard worker. He was always flying around making interceptions after interception, and he was picking off. They, I mean, they started inserting him into the starting lineup at times just to see what would happen 
during training camp, and I'm seeing this. I'm seeing this guy who's number forty nine. Who's this dude? He's up here flying around making plays, yeah. picking people off. He picked off Lamar Jackson a couple times. I he think picked we were off there a couple of the same days. We both yeah. That, yeah yeah we were both we were both there, and I mean he just. He just flashed every time that we saw him on the field. He was yeah. one of those guys that you're like, man, number 49, who is that guy? Where is he from? But right. Chris Board showed me a lot during his time, just during training camp. And then during during the regular season, he was a special teams hero. He kept trying to make plays, and he was flying around. And even if he missed, he missed with intensity, you know? Yeah. And that's something that – the Ravens have always been able to find is those guys and those late those late rounds or undrafted guys or even mid round guys that can high character mm-hmm, that can step in, have character, they're tough guys and they're gonna work hard. So I think that, you know, with those things being said, I don't necessarily know if they bring back CJ Mosley. Um just because I think his price range will be through the roof. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Got anything to say, Anthony? You're real quiet over there. That's a first. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Tavon again. Shout out to all right, Temple. I guess that's all he's going to say today. Yeah, he's only going to say this. Yeah. Like, no. Is he malfunctioning? <laughs> no, I, I, I do just find like before, all of this fascinating. <laughs> of I wouldn't think that Tavon Young would be like the start of the you know the domino contract talk. Um, I maybe thought you know. Jimmy or CJ maybe it would have been the first player to be signed, resigned. Not Tavon, and it's not that I'm I'm not bashing Tavon or anything like that. You know, I just just never really saw it coming. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think any of us actually saw that coming no, at all. No, there were I, no reports about it or anything. You know who I actually thought they'd sign first, and I think this honestly would have made the most sense to me if if it had gotten done early was Ronnie Stanley. I think if they had re-signed Ronnie Stanley, that would have set the tone. But, I mean, Tavon Young also sets the tone because how many slot cornerbacks are making plays like him? He's just getting touchdown after touchdown. Right. You know, and he's picking up all these plays. And he's got incredible play. ball skills. Yeah, he, he, yeah. His, his ball skills his are really His man-to-man coverage skills is incredible mm-hmm. for somebody of his size. Exactly. And they always talk about how small this dude is, but he plays with, a, with the heart of a lion. Like, he's a very good player. And I think – had they had they signed, I think Ronnie Stanley might be the next domino. If if not him, maybe Matt Judon. I, I, yeah, I was I thinking about Judon. Judon too. Yeah. yeah, and I think with Ronnie Stanley, you want to get that book in at left tackle. Yeah, you know, you don't want to screw that up. That's the last thing, especially when you got Lamar Jackson. You want to give Lamar all the protection mm-hmm. he needs. It's, yeah. The, the thing, the thing is, though, free agency, they're going to have to go for. Go for pass rush and offensive line, like yes. the same in the draft, especially interior offensive line. Oh, absolutely! But and one of the one of those guys that I love in free agency, Matt Paradis from the Denver Broncos. Yeah, that's what everybody's talking agency. about. Yep. Yeah, and so I mean, the man has given up only two and a half sacks in his career, four year career, including playoffs. Yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> no, <laughs> we, we don't need that at only all. Twenty nine years you... old, you get a solid five or six years out of him. Oh come on, man! You don't want to see Lamar running around. Scrambling around with a... I can still do that. I prefer yeah. guys not being in the line. backfield chasing him. I prefer Skura. <laughs> <laughs> James Hurst. James, oh, God. <laughs> well, I mean, since we're talking about offensive line, I got an upcoming uh, article talking about how the Ravens should go offensive line in the first round. And I know that's going to piss a lot of people off. It really is. But... I mean, you just look at this team right now. What was the first thing that they needed more than anything else during the entire season? Yeah, line. It was offensive line. Yeah. I mean, like, like yeah. we were talking. I mean, I know we were joking around about it just a couple of seconds ago, but Matt Skura got pushed around. He got thrown around like a rag doll the entire season. I haven't seen a center get pushed around that much since Geno Gradkowski was. Oh here. my God, oh. Geno Gradkowski. Aq Shipley. Oh, A.Q. Shipley. Shipley. Mm-hmm, the Jesus. But I, it, it's just offensive line. I actually ran a poll on Twitter a few weeks ago, and I'm like, okay, so in free agency, where would you prefer the Ravens, like, just go first in free agency? And and all the people, once the poll had ended, I want to say it was 75% of the people said offensive line. That's interesting. So the fans actually know what they're talking about for once. Surprisingly. No, Piper doesn't know what he's talking about because apparently he has uh, the running back from Alabama 
being selected in the first round. No. And no, the look God. on Kyle's face right now no. is priceless. Because no. let me tell you something. <laughs> I think that, I mean, I saw a CBS mock draft, and they had Cody Ford from Oklahoma, the offensive lineman. Yeah. And I think that he would be a perfect fit for the Ravens because he's big, he's physical. He played with Orlando Brown, didn't mm-hmm. he? And he played with Orlando Brown Jr. So you got a guy that already has that rapport with another offensive lineman that he's going to be working with. You still have Marshall Yonda there right now. You got Ronnie Stanley. So that's four out of the five offensive line positions that you have figured out. Plus Bradley Bozeman. I mean, he's probably moving to center sometime soon. And I feel like he he's played admirably uh, during the stretch at guard, even though that's not his natural position. But, right. you know, they're giving him some, some reps. So, I mean, if you get Cody Ford, you're going to have a way bigger and better offensive line. And more, I mean, they're going to play pissed off football. They're running the ball a lot. Mm. And, you know, and with this Greg Roman offense that we know, who he had his first press conference this this week, and I think that Greg Roman, you know, maybe they might not throw the ball, you know, 30, 35 times a game. Maybe it might be like not. 25. Yeah. But, I mean, the thing is, like, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have road graders on the O line. He wants to have a physical, angry offensive line that's gonna push people back. And I feel like when you got like Cody Ford, this guy, everything that I've heard about him, it's just all been about just playing angry football. He's not a guy that is just gonna go in there. He's not one of those offensive linemen and they're like, Oh yeah, we got he has really good footwork, but he's not strong, he's not physical, et cetera, et cetera. No. Mm-hmm. Cody Ford has all he has all the physicality. He has all the athleticism too. So if you need a guy that's gonna pull and make all the, you, you remember that that thing where um, everybody always talked about how Michael Orr when he got out on the screen back when he was in college, he would just try to rip people's heads off. Mm-hmm. Cody Ford does all of that and twenty times better. Does he false start every other play too? No. Okay. He did not <laughs> But he, he is very good, though. And that's something that I think the offensive line, they've been missing that left guard that's going to play angry football since Kelechi Osimile left in free agency. And I uh, think who it might also be a cap casualty mm-hmm. for the Raiders. And if he is a cap casualty, maybe you think about bringing him back in, too. That's yeah. a nastiness you always Honestly, I want the Ravens to. regret letting him go. Yeah, I think. But, I mean, like it was either him or Yonda. So I mean, and you're gonna choose Yonda, of course. Time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Future Hall of Famer yes. or a guy that's played really well. Well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I hope that Greg Roman really like reworks the scheme for the offensive line. I know he's got the same old line coach, but uh, I think I think they're gonna try to work to the strengths of the of the current line, which I think is what they need to do, which they haven't done the last couple of years, and. I remember back in the Super Bowl run, Jim Caldwell kind of switched to a Mauler scheme because they had Brian McKinney, they had Michael Orr, they had Kelechi Assembly, Marshall Yonda, Matt Burke. So they were just mauling the guys in front of them, just like paving a road. Now, and then fast forward to 2014, when Garrett Kubiak was here, they had they had Rick Wagner, Ronnie Stanley, they had, uh, well, who was the, was there Jeremy Zuda? Jeremy Zuda. Jeremy Zuda. Oh, God. That uh, guy. The, those guys. The free agent he was guy. a scheme fit, though. <laughs> he was a scheme fit 2014. So, yes, I mean, to be fair, he, he played fine. Yeah. yeah. And so, and the, the the reason they've sucked the last few years with their, with their offensive line is because they never really went back to that zone run scheme. They kind of... And it's not only that. They didn't really have an established center like Matt Burke. Yeah. A- after Matt Burke retired... We were always scrambling for the next center, yeah. and we still don't have that yet. I think it would have been great for them if, you know, if John Urschel hadn't retired. And, I mean. But we all understand. We, we understand why he retired. Why he retired but he's got to yeah. protect that brain, man. Exactly. Absolutely. And, I, and I think if he hadn't retired, maybe he would have been the guy. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's just uh, they kept trying to go back to that Mauler scheme just because that was what Yonda was best at, so they tried to force it on everybody around him. But Stanley isn't, like, necessarily super strong. He's an athletic left tackle. tackle. Uh, Orlando Brown, he's... I think Orlando Brown can be a molar. 
Yeah, he's he's he, you, you, you he, always, he just you he just baller. doesn't have that mean mentality that what his father bro. was. He'll be fine. Yeah, he's he's the thing though. Like you always want the guy on the strong side to be the mauler. Yeah. So they'll be just fine with Orlando. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now yeah. now Yonda, you got to start thinking about the future because Yonda's not going to be here much longer. No. Uh, if you bring back Ko, that'd be great. But you just need guys that can do some weird things with on the offense because Greg Roman is a very creative play caller. Greg Roman will have guards pulling, he'll have tackles pulling, he'll have, he'll have the center pull, he'll play, have like a bunch of screens, and we're going to see a lot of screens next year, and they don't usually work in Baltimore. Don't <laughs> usually work? No, they never, they work, never work in Baltimore. In Baltimore. I, Except I, work guarantee, I guarantee you, and I, <laughs> I, I, will, I will hope that Old Takes Exposed quotes me on this, but I swear to God they're going to have a lot of screen touchdowns this, this coming season. Put that put that on the Twitter, Anthony. I will. He said, "I swear to God, we're gonna have a bunch of screen touchdowns. Screens. It's already yeah. recorded. It's on the pod. It's on tape. <laughs> you can't take it back." <laughs> All right. That, well, that's a bold prediction, right that there. Is, that is mine. Gus Edwards, baby. Before we continue, it's time to tell you about DMV Essence Library of Podcasts. Right now, we have nine active shows, including our own shows for the Redskins, Capitals, Nationals, Wizards, and Ravens, Fantasy Fever, dealing with all things fantasy football, a pair of mixed bag shows from It's About Time, DC, and Dom and Thunder, and a debate show, DMV Dispute, which is available via live stream on Twitter. All these shows are available wherever podcasts can be found. So please check these out. And if you like any of these shows, please leave a review or even subscribe on all platforms. You kind of already started talking about Greg Roman, but uh, let's keep the train going. Yeah. uh, Just the thoughts on him being a new OC. What are your thoughts on him being a new OC? I don't know. We've all talked about him. What about you, Anthony? I'm I'm excited. Uh, We don't care. Oh, okay. What's next? Yeah, yeah, see. I'm just kidding, Anthony. Go ahead. No one cares about my opinions. Are you kidding? Yeah, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nobody does care. I mean, it is what it is. Who cares? Whatever, Kyle. Anyway. um, Jesus, God. I know. The venom. Oh, uh, I'm excited for him. What was that, sir? Okay, go ahead. Oh, okay, thank you. I'm excited for him, you know, <laughs> and I'm excited for Lamar. I just think, you know, whenever you think of Greg Mullen, you think of, you know, what he did with Michael Vick. And what he did with Michael Vick. Was he with what? Michael Vick? No, no. no yeah, Lamar. no. Greg right. Roman had Kaepernick. And Tyrod. And Tyrod. All right, we're going to delete that. Yeah, delete that. Yeah. Oh, no, let it be in there. No. Oh no, we're no, we're gonna let it be in there. Yeah, that's staying in there. No. Do your homework, Anthony. Yes. God. Yeah, stop stop not paying attention. Sorry. He probably would have if he coached at Oregon. You uh, right. <laughs> got him. You right. Um I'm just excited in general, you know, just to see what he can do, just to see what he can do to develop Lamar. Uh if he can, you know, work that that the um the offense that we saw last year. I think I said on a on a previous episode that this is the bare bones of the offense. You know, everyone thinks that that read option is gonna be the the only thing that they see from now on. And if for anyone who thinks that is just absolutely ridiculous, uh, you know, you just saw the beginning workings of it. It's gonna grow off it. You're gonna see more RPOs. Um, I think you're gonna let Lamar take some more deep shots. You know, we see that the guy's got an arm, and uh, I'm just really, really excited to see what Greg Roman can do with the new offense. And if I mean, what he can do with the running backs, I don't know if y'all really believe in, in Gus Edwards and the rest of the running backs, but I think that we might need to draft one in like a later round, like a mid-round pick. So, I mean, with that being said, do you think – I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen Darrell Henderson from Memphis, but – his his explosive ability as a running back, he kind of reminds me of Chris Johnson. And I think if you put a guy like CJ2K, who I think I think Darrell Henderson's the second coming of CJ2K. What's, what's his forty time going to be? I think it's going to be about he's going to he's going to at least at the least run a four three, no doubt in my mind. Bold prediction. I don't even think that's a bold prediction. If you watch no, his your No, your prediction about the screens is a lot more bolder than that. Hey, I'm just trying to get the spotlight off me, all right? <laughs> I mean, I've seen this guy run twice. 
you know, right. what two in two different games. Like I went to I went to the Memphis game against Navy here in, in Baltimore, and then I also went to the Memphis game against Georgia. I think it was Georgia State. And both games, he was hitting home runs each time. I mean, he was just running. He was taking like forty yard, you know, stretch plays. And how many times do the Ravens run stretch plays? No. And they don't work. And now you gotta go. I was about to say we run them a lot. They just don't work. Exactly. I mean, well, that's part of the offensive line, and then you gotta find a running back that can be able to hit the hole. Uh, There's a running back that I love, but uh, does he go to Oregon? No, he's a Pac-12 guy though. I I I fight for my Pac-12 guys. Bryce Love out of Stanford. Bryce Um, Love is not gonna go until like the sixth round. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, I mean that's perfect. He's he's so injury prone. I just think that's that's my big concern though. I like, you know, shout out to Oregon, but I've seen what this man Nobody can do. Nobody cares about Oregon. Nobody hey. cares about Stanford. Dude, your team's either. name is the Ducks. <laughs> hey, I'm repping them today. Anyway, no, you're repping a pickle Rick shirt, man. No, I got an Oregon hoodie. Um, <laughs> like I was saying, I've seen what Bryce Love can do to a defense, though. Right. And isn't really that good of a defense, but no, I mean if the Ravens Pac-12 pick him up defenses. in the late rounds of the draft, I'm not going to be upset about it. Yeah, that, yeah. that's Pac-12 defense that's not Cal- the California Golden Bears is garbage. I'm just sorry, like, and I mean that's not even okay. Let me tell you something about Washington. Like, Washington's defense is good too. I'll give them that, but like USC, Cal- USC. USC's defense, really? USC, yeah, no, no, they're, they're, they're not gonna, better than Cal. Gonna, gonna Cal's defense is pretty there? good. USC, USC, Washington. <laughs> I mean, Cal's defense is better than both of those defenses. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, I think that Bryce Love would be a great mid to late round pick, but the injury is just uh, really scares me. Also, Miles Gaskins out of Washington. I like him too. I don't like either one of those guys better than Darrell Henderson. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not trying to throw, like, your, your ideas under the bus at all. No, I'm just, man. I'm, I'm just saying. to open criticism. Oh, I, I know. I'm just saying, like, you know, when it comes to when it comes to Darrell Henderson, you got a guy that can play alongside of Lamar Jackson. And, I mean, some of those cuts and stuff that he'll make and he'll be able to blow through the hole because – his is vision's amazing. Oh, I don't. I don't think he's that big. I mean, is he a physical back though? Yeah, but he, or, I mean, he, or is he, he a does, speed back? Yeah, that's he, he's problem. speedy, but he's physical though. He he like break. He's really he's he's kind of like it's like. But can if, you go one on one with a D tackle or a star linebacker? This is also I the think, AFC North we're talking. about, I think he too. can. Yeah. I think he can though. And I my mean, only problem is going with guys like like home run hitting backs. It's going to be really difficult to to watch, and at least until the Ravens can really solidify their offensive line. That's why I love guys like like Gus Edwards, yeah, Ken Dixon, because he's the, they're physical Ken, enough, yeah, and they they can fight for those extra yards, which is exactly what the Ravens need. Now, uh, I mean, continue, but, but oh, yeah. uh, it's just my my thought. I mean, I agree, and I think that's why you pair them with. I mean, the Ravens. When was the last time the Ravens had a home run hit him back? I mean Ray Rice, but Ray he Rice that was pretty incredible. Yeah, for that's us. that's yeah. what I'm saying. And I mean, even even he didn't have like that that extreme breakaway speed that right. some of the other running backs that we've seen have. And I mean, I think when you paired when you paired Darrell Henderson with Gus Edwards, I'm not saying Darrell Henderson will be the end all be all, right? But he'll be a guy that you can kind of so combo. Be a guy for those screen plays mm-hmm. that the, we were talking about the earlier. Screens, <laughs> the screens, the stretch plays, the toss plays. I mean, the Ravens have not been able to run toss plays well in forever stretches. Well, you also got to understand, a lot of times, pitch plays, toss plays, they don't really work in the NFL as much anymore because you got linebackers that are running four threes and four fours mm-hmm. now. And these mm-hmm. defensive linemen are getting a lot faster, and that's why too. And that's why a guy like Gus Edwards is so valuable because he can pick up extra yards up the middle every time because he's just big and physical. He can just lower his shoulder yeah. and take a linebacker with him. And, I mean, that's the thing. How many times are they going to even have to run those plays either? Because, I mean, if they're doing that pistol set that they've been doing a lot, those formations where they're running, they're running like, you know, 12, they're running 12 personnel a lot. I know Greg Roman talked a little bit about that as well. And when it came to him, you know, just running, you're running two tight ends. And then Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst have been able to block pretty well on those. Well, Hayden Hurst has been injured a lot. Well, I mean, he's a stud, man. Oh, my God. 
and I mean when you got when you got guys like that can, that can block and I mean Max Williams if he does come back if Nick Boyle comes back you got all these blocking tight ends I mean, you got some lead blockers in those offenses. You got got, hard. Mm-hmm. and you can run. You can run two running backs. We didn't use him enough last season. Well, it's because there was that stuff on his Twitter, Twitter. that came up, and they kind of just like put him in the doghouse. Yes, I know. So, I mean, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? I think about? like how everybody is so worried about who are we going to sign a wide receiver when I'm focused on. You know, we have Hayden Hurst coming back from an injury. And Mark Andrews is Mark Andrews. So if you keep running more two tight end sets, and we keep the and we keep running the ball like we do, I think that's what we should focus on. You know, it's always great to have a good one and two receivers, but when you have guys like Hurst and Andrews who can line up at wide receiver as much as they can at tight end, I think that's going to be huge for us. That a lot of people don't really seem to be focusing on, because when the Patriots had Hernandez and Gronkowski, they they were incre- they were incredible. You couldn't double-team both of them because if you double-team both of them, they would have wide receivers open or they, their running back would be coming out of the backfield with nobody covering them. And I think that could be the uh, the same with Hurst and Andrews because both of them are great wide receiving tight ends and they can both block as well. So if you run more two tight end sets, whether they line up on the line or out at wide receiver, it's just going to be difficult for the defense to see what's coming. Yeah, even even in terms of like what Ertz and, and – um and Goddard are doing in Philly right now too. Yeah. I think that's Zach something Ertz that they too. could do. Zachary's ridiculous, but no. And uh, you just mentioned the Patriots, and I, I, I know the thing just broke yesterday with Robert Kraft. Kraft. <laughs> yeah. I, I just wanted to bring that up because I felt like that was so important. Just because, like, that means he, he's probably gonna have to sell the team, right? No, no. Nah. Nah. Let's be honest. Probably most of the owners do something like that well yeah but hold on here's the thing though they he found just out, got caught they found out that jerry richardson with the panthers like sexually assaulted somebody and then here's robert kraft committing a capital crime who he's I mean, but he got a, mis- a sex it's, ring apparently and, it's a misdemeanor though because he wasn't yeah, involved. Mis- they said he they wasn't said involved with the human trafficking uh, aspect of it but he but my thing is if you if you knew about it and i feel like this is an important conversation yeah. to have regardless yeah. but if you have anything, like he knew, he knew that it was a human trafficking ring. So even in that sense, like even if he wasn't involved, quote unquote, he was still he still knew. Yeah, you know, he knew these women couldn't speak English. He knew these women were from like other countries, and they couldn't. I I just feel like that's so. To me, that's so messed up that he was even involved in this situation. You know, because I, I feel like it's a difference between somebody that's just picking up a prostitute on the street yeah. versus, you know, saying, okay, well, I'm going to go to this massage parlor where I know these women don't have any kind of, they don't they don't have any kind of way to get themselves out of this situation. It's straight right. up human trafficking. Well, a good deal of those street prostitutes are also like traffic too. But the whole thing, I mean, I, I remember I was at work when I found, I looked on Twitter and I was like, what? He might not be. That's why? The part. Like you're a multi-billionaire. Why do you feel the need to go into some CD massage parlor? And not even paid. Six point six billion dollars is his net worth. Yeah, come on. That's man. just his net worth. Did he pay yeah. like fifty-nine to like seventy something dollars? That's it. That's what they were saying for that. I mean, like that's that's insane. That doesn't make any sense to me one bit. That this man who has that he's worth that much money, and then he goes to a massage parlor where he's paying money that like some some like you know intern would throw around and that's not even a biggest issue but i just think that just goes to show you how like a lot of these nfl owners i mean we've seen it a lot of times i mean they're not morally they don't have the moral compass no you know look at look at ursay and how he was he Uh, ursay's a whole nother conversation jesus have you seen that man's twitter yeah sometimes he just like he's worse than kanye it's like, I mean, you saw that video when he came into the Colts locker room after the game, after the uh, playoff game, and he was just giving a speech, and he was just absolutely hammered. Oh yeah, Do, yeah. don't you guys remember after the uh, after the Patriots won the Super Bowl in Atlanta, or when they beat Atlanta, uh, they uh, Kraft went up there and he was like, "We've won five of these, but this one's the sweetest." <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> this dude is just like drunk off his ass, and have you seen his girlfriend too? She's like forty years younger than him. You talking about Kraft? Yeah, that's another thing. He's doing all this, and he has a girlfriend. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. He's doing he's all like the a stuff. supermodel or something. Yeah, it doesn't God. make any sense. I mean, he, like... He's hotter than Giselle. I'm just saying. She really? Yeah, she, she, looks, she, looks, better, she looks better than... Wait a minute, we're all getting our phones out. <laughs> all right, hot take, because I don't think Giselle my, my all that good looking. I don't think so either, personally. But, like, it's funny, though, that the 77-year-old Patriots owner is, uh, has a better-looking girlfriend than Tom Brady. I love how we go from talking about Greg Roman as offense to... No, I see. I agree. Dirty yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Dirty, nasty Robert yeah. Kraft. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, moving on from that subject, but stay, <laughs> staying with the Patriots. Right. I thought this wow. was really interesting. Um, but, you know, they talked about how... As soon as the Colin Kaepernick situation was settled, and I mean, they said his his yeah. Mark Gregaros, he said that it's a possibility that the Patriots have been speaking to Colin Kaepernick or, you know, keeping in touch with him. What do you guys think that would do? I mean, just from a football standpoint, we already know what the social ramifications of it are. I think that me personally, Brady, you know, what if he goes down? We keep saying that every year. I what, what if he gets hurt? AF. If Colin Kaepernick goes to the Patriots of all teams, either them or DC, just for this fact, we know that. Or the Kraft, Cowboys, too. That would be funny. Hold on. Hold on. Kaepernick asked AAF for $20 million. Yeah. And there's no way the Patriots are going to give him anywhere close to that. They're going to give him, like, okay, here's like $7 million a year salary. Yeah. And I think he just did that for the. He, want, he wants to be the guy. He's in not the AAF. Be the guy. But I know, and he knows what the situation will be with the Patriots, though. And but I think it's su- it'll be super ironic if he went there because Kraft and Brady are like huge Trump guys, and the guy that's been the face of this movement Kraft's friends with Trump too. So I mean, friends with Trump play so like is your right. team? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would just be crazy ironic. I mean, I. I and the Patriots. If the Patriots sign Kaepernick, they're going to become the most controversial team in football. They're already the most controversial team in football. You know what? Honestly, I think this would be, to me, if they did this, you know, I think that it would, I mean, personally, it's a good football move because I think that if you have a backup quarterback that, I mean, some people say that, oh, well, Kaepernick couldn't play, but freaking Nathan Peterman. <laughs> That's all we have to hey, say. Hey, man, don't sleep Nathan I, Peterman. I could play better than Nathan <laughs> Peterman right now. Somebody face. told me, hey, Kyle, throw on some pads, lose about, like, 30 pounds, and you'll play quarterback. I was like, word, let's do it. I'll, I'll throw on I'll throw on those pads and play quarterback. I'm, I feel like I could play better than Nathan Peterman. But here's the thing, though. Colin Kaepernick hasn't played, like, hasn't played football in, in over two, two and a half years. years. Yeah. So, like... I mean, I understand Nathan Peterman is bad, and people are saying Josh oh, Johnson too. You remember, you remember how Josh Johnson? Well, Josh just, Johnson actually did not play that badly. Well, what well, about know, Michael Vick when he got out of prison? How long was he in prison Exa- for? That's another thing. He was in prison for two years, so that's another good point that I but just see, thought about. Michael Vick was, in my opinion, was a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick. I don't. That's the thing. Yeah, I agree I, with that. Too. I don't. I don't. I mean, he had okay. Michael Vick had better arm talent than Colin Kaepernick, maybe. Because Colin Kaepernick could throw a 97-mile-an-hour fastball when he was in high school. So, I mean, I think... Oh, yeah, he had an arm. Yeah, yeah. The Colin Kaepernick all, always had the arm. I think Michael Vick became a better quarterback when he came to Philadelphia. Right. And he learned under Donovan McNabb for that one season. So, I mean, we got to keep that in mind that, like, this isn't... I, I feel like if... It's, it's a similar situation in the sense that if Colin Kaepernick sat behind the greatest quarterback of all time for a year... And then Brady decided, okay, I'm about to hang it up. And they gave the reins over to Colin Kaepernick, kind of similar to what they did with Michael Vick in Philadelphia. I feel like for at least a couple seasons, you know, it could change the dynamic of how the team works. And I think that he he would – it would be very fruitful for him to learn under Brady. And I feel like he'll, he'll, he'll take it in stride. Coach. But do you and think Belichick. that Brady is going to be in a teaching mood? And also, like, Caps He doesn't need to 30. be in a teaching mood, I don't think. <laughs> but no, well, he what, is 30. What you were two. saying, though. I mean, 31 like, and 32, I, th- I believe. What, were you, what you were saying about Nathan Peterman and Josh Johnson, though, my thing is, like like I was saying, Colin Kaepernick hadn't played in two and a half years. What makes you think if he came back and took took Nathan Peterman's spot that he, he wouldn't have to take some time to adjust and he wouldn't throw, like, five interceptions in a game? Also, well, Michael Vick was probably on a yard getting it in. While he was in bike lifting and stuff, is that what he meant by getting it in? No, oh like no. 
<laughs> no, I meant like working out. Well, I mean, what do you think Colin Kaepernick has been doing? He I mean, I don't know. Million. Well, he's been working out. Everybody's been saying he's working out. Him so. and Ness, Nessa just no, no. I I fighting know. people on Twitter. Well, no, that's Nessa fighting people on Twitter. That's not him. See, I always try to tell everybody. I was like, it's a difference between him. I understand like how that how he can easily be like, yo, I need you to back off for like five minutes, please. Have you ever tried telling your girlfriend to back off? That's why I'm single. <laughs> exactly. Ooh. That's the that's the point. But I mean, <laughs> but with that being said, I just think that you know, with his situation at hand as a quarterback, personally, like I said, I'm I'm trying to keep it in a football sense. I think that he will learn a lot from Brady, even if Brady didn't teach him. Like Rod Rogers was in a similar situation where Brett Favre didn't teach him a, a thing. Like. Personally, he didn't go up to him and be like, "Yeah, Brett Favre hey, yo. Like a, yeah, Brett Favre was Brett, not Brett wasn't that. like, "Hey, Brett bro." Favre treated like, him just like he, "Oh, hey, you're my buddy. You play on, you play on the same team as me. We're just gonna go out there. I'm not gonna tell you anything. I do that." And I mean, I, I feel like in this situation, Kaepernick would be like, "Okay, I'm just gonna watch what Brady does. I'm gonna look at his tape." Colin Kaepernick. I mean, I think that one thing that you know, with with when he was with Greg Roman over in and um. And yeah, in San Francisco, I think that it was a situation where he, uh, you know, they kind of like put the kid gloves on him a little bit. And I think that now as a person that's older, that's been through the things that he's been through that I, I feel like he'll kind of adjust to that and learn and try to soak that all in just to keep playing. And I think that he ultimately does love football. Now, I, I, I mean, whatever anybody thinks that. I mean, I think yeah, he might love social justice or whatever more than he loves football. But I feel like a lot of football players love other things more than they love football, whether the NFL believes that or not. Yeah. Can, can I let me, let me ask you guys a question? This can be open ended. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Do you think Colin Kaepernick did the right thing by taking money from the NFL? I think personally, Ooh. I mean, what do, what do you think, Anthony? I want you to go first. There's a lot of people tough. that call him a hero because he can do things with the money. But essentially, what what happened in that in that deal, which happens in most uh, outside of court settlement deals, is like we'll give you money if you just shut up. Yeah, uh, that I, I was like actually listening to um, not first take, uh, undisputed, right? And they were talking about that, and it's kind of like hush money. But then like um, Shannon Sharp said. It might not be an admission of guilt. I mean, admission of wrong, but like it was an admission of guilt. Like the NFL obviously did something wrong to just like, hey, we're gonna settle because they made like great points of how many times did they take Ezekiel Elliott to court? How many times did they take Brady to court over the deflated balls? All of these other things that they've gone to court and they say they've got. The billions to fight right. with lawyers, so they can do this all day. They have time for it, but the fact that they reached a settlement with Kaepernick was like head scratching. Right. I just couldn't figure out because Brady took them to court too, yeah, right? To, to me, though, it just it just seemed like uh, they had a headache. They popped some ibuprofen. That's that's basically just to get rid of the headache. That's that's literally what they, did. they threw money at the issue and told it to go away, and it did. That, yeah, but the issue's never going to go away, though. You can try to throw as much money as you want to. The issue's never going to go away because these things are going to... Con- I mean, I, they, I don't want them to continue to happen, but the things that Colin Kaepernick is fighting for continue to happen. So until it completely stops, the issue's not going to go away. And yeah. I applaud like all I, the players. I think the NFL, what the NFL was it. trying to do was they were trying to step out of the step out of the ring. So I think, I think they're trying to distance themselves from that. Now, I'm not saying... I, I just think Kaepernick is not. I'm, I'm assuming that according to the details of their settlement, that he's not allowed to badmouth the team anymore. Or yeah, any, no. Any well, he can't. Yeah, he can I'm pretty sure of that too. But he can't talk about the um, the whole settlement or the case anymore. And neither can the NFL. Yeah. And I think so if I think they, it's for that reason. Yeah, and I, I think right now, the best thing to do, if I mean for both sides, I think that if some team came out and said, "Hey, Cap." 
we'll we'll offer you a contract like the Carolina Panthers I think would be the best fit for him personally I just can't believe Cam's gonna miss a whole year he, well they think some people were saying that was a I think that was an ESPN report right yeah where they said that Cam Newton could miss an entire year if he did get his shoulder reconstructed that was kind of the same thing happened to Andrew Luck too yeah I think Shefty reported that one yeah and I mean if if that were the case and you had you know and even if even if Cam didn't come back early I think that if you it's almost a similar situation to what the Ravens were in a couple right. of years back when they said that oh yeah Joe might not be ready for the season because of his because of his back and I think that and they thought about bringing in Colin Kaepernick in the same situation where you could kind of afford to have a guy like Kaepernick for like you know five five six eight nine I mean five six seven eight nine ten games maybe maybe not that long but you know, you could have Cam come in and ease himself back into the fold. And I think that that personally, to me, would be a smart move if they did that. Just because I feel like he's better than any of the other free agent backups that you could get outside of maybe Tyrod Taylor. Also, Eric Reed plays for the Carolina Panthers, too. So mm-hmm. that'll, like, really, you know, the the sense. city has already, you know, been with them there. I'm pretty sure Eric Reed is still fighting social injustices, you know from Carolina and so having Kaepernick there to um after after having Eric Reed there will you know will make things a little bit better for Kaepernick if if the Panthers decide to offer him a contract. Yeah, they've already shown that they can they can handle that situation. So I mean with that being said like I just think it'd be a lot funnier if he went to the Patriots though. <laughs> but we gotta we gotta cut this show off because I mean we had a bunch of good topics today. I feel like we all did a great job just, you know, discussing everything. And, Eric, do you want to close this one out? Yeah. That'll about do us. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) We're not cutting that out. That's actually funny. That'll about do it for us here. Hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, subscribe to us wherever podcasts are available. And maybe, man, I keep screwing up. And maybe even leave us a review on iTunes as that'll help us grow in the charts and reach more people. You can find me on Twitter at E-H-I-M-M-E-L-H-E-B-E-R. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle J. Andrews underscore. You can find me at V the NFL guy. And you can find me, Anthony, at A-A-Y-E-E-B-A-R-K-L-E-Y. And don't forget to check out DMVSportsNetwork.com. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter at DMV underscore SN. And if you want to join the team, contact them via Twitter, the website, or shoot them an email at DMVSportsNetwork at Outlook.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Can I say one last thing? No. This is for Gina Tamaro. Go Stallions. Oof. Josh Woodrum's the goat. Oh, gosh. Uh, Apollos. Hot shots. No. Express. Gross.